Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. In this episode, we're talking about when you should start automating and what can be automated. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm Nick and this is... Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Wonderful. Hello, Um, Nick. Hello. Now, Scott, where are we? What are we drinking? Well, well, what what we're drinking, and we just uh, had the correct pronunciation of this, which I'm going to poorly represent (laughs) again. (laughs) Again. I should get you a French wine next. Give me me a French wine. We've got some some lovely Spanish wine. It's uh, uh, Marquez, and you said Marquez is the Spanish, not Marquez is the French. uh, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, Marquez. Marquez, okay, um, of uh, Riscal. De Riscal. De Riscal, and uh, Rioja. Rioja. It's a 2014 Grand Reserve. Yeah, you've got to go Rioja because that's what the wine makes you do. It makes you go ha. No, I don't no, think so. No, the, no. The wine that makes me go ha is generally of a lower quality <laughs> and you drink it too quickly. Um, so I drink it too quickly? That's just a standard thing. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, now, this this was an interesting one. This is actually a bit of an award winner, I think. Yep. Um, and not, not really knowing my Spanish very well, I thought I saw the word California on there, but apparently it means something else. Yes, it's the region it was it's made in. It's the region, it's, it's yes. all good. It's, there we but go. it's a Grand Reserve. It's 2014. It's very, very it, it nice. Is a, it is a beautiful wine. I'll say that. You could, you could just sit here all afternoon. Cool. Uh, by the way, we are out again. Delicado. Down uh, Blues Point Road, Milson's Point. Milson's Point. Just down the road from the office. Wine bar. Wine bar. They've got a lovely list here. We'll have to make sure we verify every item on it. (laughs) We will have to do that. Excellent. Not this afternoon, though. No. This afternoon, we're going to have one and do a wine down. Okay. (laughs) All right. Cool. Um, Look, automation. Yes. Um, Lots of people come and talk to us about automation later on in the journey of their company. And even some startups do. Because you all think, oh, I can get some people, they can do some things, they can make stuff happen. But, yeah, we've been looking at people acquiring companies, and acquirers are looking for efficient businesses. Mm-hmm. So, so almost every organization should be, first of all, documenting their processes. But, uh, yep. I will say, acquirers are looking for either efficient businesses, yep. or right down the other end of the spectrum, the remarkably inefficient business... That oh, that they can that incredibly they can improve. Make the efficient business. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, good good point. But when you're thinking about building company processes, right, you want to build processes with automation in mind. Oh, absolutely. So what does that mean? Do you want me to answer that? Since I'm the automation there, guy. There, there's timing for you. Okay, so, so when you want to automate a process, you've got to think about two things in my mind. You've got to think about which where there's decisions, where there's sets. Build a flowchart, if you will. But associated with that flowchart needs to be the data you're going to store. Yeah, so you're mapping out your process. And your data. Okay. And, and both of those need to be mapped out together. Now, you can then deliver that with people and Excel. True. Or you can deliver that with an automation tool. Yeah. Or, or you could use a clipboard and a pen and paper. There's a million things, ways you could yeah. do it. But if you've got those processes documented, some magic happens. You start to pass ISO 9001 and ISO 27000 audits. Oh. Right? You start to have repeatable things in place. Your quality increases. Yes. Right? 
your ability to improve your processes exist because you know what your processes are. Mm. So suddenly from being a business where you're trying to deliver an output, you're a business where you're continually improving your processes and all of that will make your business more efficient. Now, none of that guarantees that customers will buy your product or that you've marketed yourself well, but it does mean when they do, you'll deliver it better, you'll deliver it more effectively and you'll deliver it for less money. Yes. Sorry, we just had a little friend visit there. Yes, there's a puppy walk past... There we go. <laughs> so, and, and this is the thing where ultimately if you stay down this path and just continually automate over time, yep. you're going to reach a point down the track where you are going to be able to deliver your offering at a more cost-effective price. Yep. Or if you can charge the same as your competitors that are perhaps down the road a bit, not fully automated, not whatever, you're going to have a greater profit margin in yep. there. Because your cost base is lower. And I think, if, you look, look, if I look at our managed professional services business or managed mm-hmm. infrastructure, or whatever we're calling it this week, um, <laughs> the, the, the managed services part of our business is all designed around automation. There's automation everywhere, right? Yeah. Order to cash, um, quote to invoice, all of it's automated yeah. all the way through to the help desk. Hey, look, we're the IT industry. If we can't automate our own stuff, then we've got no hope of... Yeah. Exactly right, but there are. I'm sure there's managed service providers out there who don't automate a lot. There are, but they're they're mainly doing that as a result of having systems that have been in place for ten years or yep. so that they haven't quite changed yet. Um, there's a lot of uh, vendors that have actually produced offerings for managed service providers over mm. the last you know five, six, seven, ten years that really focus on that whole automation aspect. Yep. One, automate your business. And use that in providing your services to clients so that you're starting to automate their businesses as a result. Yep. And I was thinking, yeah, businesses I interact with on a regular basis, there's very few businesses now where I interact with another person. Mm. I tend to interact. And in fact, I feel I don't like interacting with. I don't like buying a car because I have to interact with the salesperson. I will happily spend an equivalent amount of money on something online. Ah, so, go on. So uh, it, you, your thought rang a bell for me that this is the evolution of the auto teller. Yeah. When in this would be the late eighties, early nineties. When the automated teller machine came the, in. The automated teller machine came in. Yep. And uh, people said, "What do you use that for?" And I said, "Look, honestly, I have a lot better experience with the automated teller yep. than I do inside the bank, waiting in a queue, talking to someone." They're looking stuff up. They're going, oh, but no, that's not the right account. Try this one. But when was the last time you used an ATM is another question because I hardly use them now. And this is just it. It's evolved again. There is a whole level of automation that has done a whole run through its cycle to the point where it's now phased out or not as useful anymore. Well, I was amazed when I came to Australia from the UK that you had this thing called FPOS, which is a, an Australian invention, mm. where you could use your bank, your ATM card, to pay for things. Yeah, what a concept. And, and that's turned into Visa Debit, because those guys jumped on top of it. But instead of a card being something that's a loan, you actually can spend your own money and the fees are reduced and that kind of stuff. It's amazingly convenient. And oh, the- I don't even have a wallet anymore. I walk around with my phone, which mm. has everything built into it. Oh, and the, the concept has been there for a long time. I mean, I, I was at IBM in the sort of late 80s and early 90s. And then I knew that IBM in Japan 
Um, they didn't. There was a cashless society there. Yeah. You used to just pay with your employee card. You just swipe it, and it'd just come off your salary, whatever you were eating at the cafeteria. That's brilliant. And I remember when I joined Microsoft, that when I first got there, you had to load up your card with money to spend oh. at the cafeteria. The fact that you could swipe it and it came straight out of your salary for 99% of employees, that's a wonderful thing. It's almost like feeling like it's free money. And yeah, therefore you order more and you eat more. And oh, and you're, oh, and let me guess, the cafeteria is making a profit as well, isn't it? <laughs> uh, as well, as, as long as it's automated, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's, let's yeah, everyone should be automating processes, but let's, let's think of some examples in business that people could automate tomorrow. I've got a really good okay. example. I was, I was working with a, a company this week. Um, they've got a big stock management system. It's a bit legacy. It's a bit old, but some of their devs have built a little bit of an API in front of it. Um, and we built a front end for that that they could securely roll out to all of their stores that allowed them to look up orders on a you know, really robust, repeatable basis. What's cool about that is not that the staff could do that, and that's cool, but because of the technology, the low-code technology we used, the existing team can change that interface and change the fields by choosing drop-downs. And you don't have to write code anymore. That kind of automating a really simple business function. So now in every store, customer phones up, where's my thingy thingy, right? And somebody can go, and it appears on screen in front of them. They can discuss it. So, And you go, well, surely everyone can do that. Well. They can't. And that's enormous for these people. We've just automated something that saved an entire help desk. Mm. Um, other examples of automation is, as a, and I say this in so many wind downs, but accounting conferences where people say the biggest invention for accountants is two screens. <laughs> so you can copy data from one to the other. Oh. Right? The integration of zero with other systems. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the integration of, and we've done a lot, we work in a school. We've integrated their school management system with... Um, dashboards and with their detention system that we built um, and suddenly they can see from a single pane of glass every student and everything about them. <laughs> Have you hit your de detention goal for the month? That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's a high goal. But, but there's, um, there's, there's basic things here though as well. I mean we, we look at you know more complex processes and systems like yep. that but even things like I receive an attachment in these emails to this address and I've got to manually open it, click on it, do something, print it, store it, save it and type the data in. That's basic stuff. That's just moving data around. Yeah. We can automate that sort of thing. And we do. And, and 10 years ago, Hub One was automating that for accountants yeah. because 99% of emails people accountants receive from their clients contain attachments that they had to save to their machine and copy to a document management system. And we provide an Outlook add-in that allows you to go click and off it goes. Right? That may not seem like something, but if you do that 100 times a day and I've saved you a minute doing it, that's, mm. yeah, that's a good yeah, sixth of your day. It's a lot of time. It, look, it is. It all adds up. And you mm. think that, oh, look, click, 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 doesn't take long. But over the course of a week, a month, a year, you start to look at all of this and go, hang on. Yeah, there's hours and days and even weeks of time that you can be more productively spent doing something. Yeah, and doing more important things that need humans to do. Right? There well, are things yeah. that humans are required there, to do that we can never yeah. automate. And look, there's no... Uh, there's nothing that really falls into what I call an entry-level wage anymore. Because entry-level wages are so high yes, that even basic stuff, you're looking at it going, I'm paying someone what to do what? Yep. I need that person to be more productive. I need them to be you know, working on client But the, there are some examples. Or, like my, my 
second oldest daughter's just qualified to be a personal trainer. Okay. And that means she's spending time assessing that people have the right posture, doing exercises and all sorts of things. And that's fine. A computer could do that. Yeah. But then she reaches up to them and adjusts their posture. And right. right now that's hard yeah. for computers to do. Good, so good. there's there's things that are easy and computers could do and there's things that are hard. You could probably do it, but it'd be expensive. You, you could, but it, look, in one way, let's say you, you go and get a subscription to like Apple Fitness Plus or something yep. like that for $14 a month or whatever it is. You actually have someone there yelling at you, come on, faster, faster, make that day, make that day, pedal, pedal, pedal. And yeah, okay, that, that is one part of it. The second part of it, though, is... It, it's it's all automated. It's a video, it's a clip, it's a computer sending down bits and yep. pieces of things going, hey, but it's also only $14. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas a personal training is going to be more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's horses for courses. There's mixed use of things. Let's look at the production line. Ooh. Because lots of people talked about, uh, certainly in business school, and you've been to one. Yes. Um, Ford's um, production I, line. I actually went to one multiple times. Yeah, there <laughs> I went back the next day as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. You should have done better the first day. Oh, um, but <laughs> Cracked that whip. Yes. <laughs> but the production line is all about... It, it's really fascinating. When they first started building cars, they had carriage works, artisans, oh, yes. you know, of course. woodworkers and all sorts the of things. The old Redfern or Evely carriage yep, works. Yep. Yes, and then yes. built... Um, Ford turns this into a business process, mm. a production line. And he started off with humans, but the humans weren't doing multiple different tasks, they were just doing one task that they got crazy good at. Yeah. In fact, they got so good at, we got this thing called piecework, where you only paid them for the number of times they did the action correctly. Mm. Okay? Computers do that stuff really well. And now we see advanced com- um, um, construct. Uh, yeah. Um, manufacturing production lines which are full of robots and have very few people in them and that, that's reducing down to nothing and, and I think about it and I think I'd rather have a vehicle produced by robots because it would be cheaper but probably more accurate as long as it works well absolutely but people make mistakes yeah of course um, and sometimes they don't know when they've made mistakes computers have issues that go on too but they normally know when it's gone wrong well, this, this is the old thing about computers do exactly what you tell them to do. Yep. And that's the Always. best thing about them. So, so the worst, the thing, worst about thing about them, they do exactly what you tell them to do. So unless you've got that worked out really well, but I mean, yep. that's just test and um, evolution of product design. and it, it is. And there's lots of processes we put around yeah. that to do it. But yeah, I'm seeing you know, the reduction in the number of software developers out there. They'll never reduce because the amount we're being asked to do is great. It won't reduce for a while. But certainly, there's technology out there making it easier and quicker and faster. But every time we do that, people want more and bigger and better. It, so It's just, you know what it is? It's a changing landscape that we operate in. Yep. It's not that we need less people. It's just when we get to the stage of, hey, we've automated a lot of the stuff in software development that used to take two or three people, that's all right. But now there's bigger projects to deliver and more things to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think a great example of this is um, Vincent Dominello. Hmm. Member of Parliament in the New South Wales Parliament. Um, yeah. Super guy. Service New South, Service South Wales. New South Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vincent has been going around government automating stuff. So he was responsible for our QR code system. He's put vouchers in the Service New South Wales app. It's all sorts of things I can now do through an app that I could never do before. And he was waving around his passport application the other day, going, this is the next thing I want to automate. Because he just said, looked at it, and he went... 
99% of what you fill out on that form, we already know. Yes. Why are you writing it down again? I've just done a passport renewal and it was typing in consistently the data that someone already knew. But it's already on your passport. And, right? and it was either a security thing that do you know what we know about you? Yeah. <laughs> or... Yeah, and we can fix that with the same technology we use to fix apps. Guys, if my finances can be online, if my crypto can be online, my passport can be online. Oh, sure. All except voting. <laughs> you have zero confidence about the accuracy of online voting. No, there's a great video on YouTube by a guy called Tom Scott, and yeah. I commend it to you. He used to talk in something called Computer File, where he did a technical analysis of why electronic voting and the number of ways it could be rorted that's so much harder than physical voting. Ah, Scandal. What? The TV series, Scandal. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's, a, it's probably a few years old now. Well, I'm a few years old too, but no, <laughs> never watched that one. You should watch it. Uh, it's, you probably wouldn't pick it up in one episode, but it was basically the, um, uh, the, the voting done in one state for the US presidential election yep. was um, uh, hacked to produce a certain result. I'm a big believer if it's electronic voting, it can be hacked. And it probably will be hacked. I don't think it has been yet, but no. anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> Next thing is, yeah, me saying we should automate everything, and you saying we should automate everything, and you should think about automation, you should think about processes, there's nothing new in what we're saying. No, and look, to, to be fair, maybe not everything, but a lot of things can be automated. Yeah, I agree, but I think automating processes until very recently has been absolutely outside of the capability of most businesses. It, it is the growth of technology over the years that has allowed some of this to happen. Yes. Uh, look, even now, you can go get into a Tesla, it'll drive you somewhere. Yep. You, 20 years ago, if you said, I want the car to drive by itself, that's just some sort of weird pipe dream you'd yep. have that was, well, yep. how's that going to happen? Um, and we were talking before, look, a lot of this comes from Star Trek. And yeah, like the, and, quite funny, and isn't the it? the sci-fi episodes yeah. and the... Yeah. yeah, I think lots of... If, if you, a great thing to do is to go back and look at, you know, series one of Star Trek with William yes. Shatner and look at the technology. And, and I'll, I'll use the technology that you'll, you'll laugh at. Doors that open by themselves. <laughs> when Star <laughs> what Trek a concept. had doors that opened by themselves, they didn't exist. On no. the planet, there were people, people pulling <laughs> those doors to open them by themselves. Yes. Now, every shopping centre you go into, the doors yeah. open. Well, I'm waiting for the transporter to come along. Yeah, yeah that may yeah. take some time. Uh, I don't know, but you'd see when they transported people, you'd see they were, they, they were told, just stand very still. And every now and then you get this little sway during... Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, and it is, it, it's like... Everything they dreamed up in Star Trek is starting to appear, like tablet computing, flat screens, mm. communicators, your mobile phone. All of these things. I actually saw a 100-year-old article about what if people had... It was a cartoon. What if people had phones in their pockets? So 100 years ago, yes. somebody wrote this cartoon about what would happen if you had phones in your pockets, and they said people wouldn't talk to each other. You'd be disturbed in funerals. All sorts of things like that. That really <laughs> happen now, right? And so, <laughs> One of our... Uh, client says a little photocopy of something on the wall from 1958 I think it was yeah. talking in the future people are going to have phones that they carry around on themselves and they can travel the world and just talking to them and talk to other people and 
lo and behold, <laughs> I remember my, my maths teacher, Mr. Evans, turned around to me and he said, badly using my calculator, he says, come on, Beaujard, it's not like you're going to carry a calculator around with you every day. <laughs> well, I am, and I, it's a computer, and it's got internet access, and I can research anything I want, but that's okay. <laughs> I remember my maths teacher's telling me one day, um, how, how many hours are there in every day? And is it always the same? I said, oh, no, surely the shortest day of the year is 23 hours and the longest day is 25, because I've got to balance it out, of course, in my mind. I said, no, no, you're wrong. Every day has 24 hours. It's always like that. It's never going to change. I said, sir, what, what about daylight savings? Just shut up and do your work. <laughs> I think we've all had that. It's just, yeah. God, I'd hate to be a teacher. <laughs> but, so, so, so back to the topic about automation. Yes. Frustrations. Like, and, and this is an interesting one. A lot of what we talk about is aimed at business owners because they're decision makers in businesses. But I think this comment's aimed at anybody who works, right? Well, it is. And you've got to be able to provide some level of value in what you do. And hopefully what you do is not the old screwing the toothpaste cap on the on the tube sort of role. It's a, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a role with value. Where can you automate it and hmm. do more, I think, is the question. And this is it. The, stage one, and you've got to... I guess you've got to get to a, a point where you're comfortable with this, though. You need to automate your own role. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. And I, I t say to my team, they said, if you do something once, great. Mm. If you do it twice and you haven't thought about automating it, uh, if you do it three times manually, you're fired. <laughs> I haven't fired anyone yet. <laughs> also, by the third time, I'm not looking so tough. But that's got to be kind of how you're thinking about it, right? I'll just say, you, you are looking because I know they listen to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Scott, that's kind of cool. That's, yeah. that's automation in a nutshell. There you go. How Thanks about that? Me. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for watching and listening. And, and please leave us a like, leave us a subscribe. And if you do like what you see, leave a message with a topic for us to come and discuss. And we're happy to discuss that in a wind down. So thank you so much. Have a great thank day. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.